0: We're going to be over in James chapter 3. There was a newly appointed young preacher who was contacted by a local funeral director to hold a graveside committal service at a small county cemetery in Iowa. There was to be no funeral, just a committal, because sadly the deceased had no family and really no friends that were left in Iowa. So the young pastor set off to the graveside, and on the way he got lost, it was in these long back roads. And... He finally did arrive there but got there about forty five minutes late. When he got there the hearse had already gone. The workers were kind of off to the side eating eating lunch. And so he figured that uh well he'd either just go or he'd go up to the graveside and, and go ahead and conduct the ceremony anyway. And so he, he walked on up and he saw that the uh the cap had already been put over the cemetery and so he just decided to go ahead and speak the words anyway, and so he had his Committal words that he spoke over, the grave got in the car and then he left. The workers who watched the whole thing go on, whisper to each other, should we tell them that's a septic tank? We have an idea that the words that we say have meaning. So much so that we have committal services and we have funerals and we have words that we say over people who are dead because we believe that the words we say have meaning. And the words that we do say do have meaning. Last week we took up the change that I need. And we saw that there were declarations of change in a lame man that was at the pool. That Jesus said to him, take up your bed and walk. Take up your bed and walk. And he called for a change, a declaration of change. And the man listened to it and changed, didn't he? How many of us, don't raise your hands, but how many of us here would have said, I can't? But that's the problem. But I don't walk. But I haven't walked for 38 years. But he didn't do all that. He just went on. We saw the demon possessed man. Jesus spoke to the demon possessed man and called for a change. And the man was no longer demon possessed. In Matthew, or in Luke chapter 4, we saw that Peter's mother-in-law had a fever. And Jesus spoke to the fever. Spoke to the fever. And the fever left. And he was so confident that the fever left, he let her get up and serve him something, didn't he? Joshua chapter 10, we spent some time on there that Joshua saw an opportunity. And he spoke to the sun. And he spoke to the moon. And he said, moon, sun, stand Still. Had never been done before. And because he spoke to it, the sun stood still. The moon stood still. And they had daylight for 24 hours. That's pretty neat. He wasn't just playing football and wanted to play play extra time. They were involved in a battle for the Lord. We saw declarations of continuance, things that were said that were to continue. Jesus said, let there be light, and there still is. Jesus said, let there be land, and there still is. He said, I will never destroy the world by a flood again. There is still land. He told the plants to grow and to keep on burying after their kind. And still, to this day, they still do that, don't they? He told Abraham that you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And from that time on, anyone who cursed him was anyone who blessed him. And that blessing fell on the descendants of Abraham as well. So there's declarations of change and there's declarations of change to call for that change to continue. And sometimes in our life, we have called for things to continue But most of the time, it is easier for us to call for things to continue that we don't want. I get the flu every year. Right? Isn't that a declaration of continuance? I'm looking at what has gone on in the past, and I am expecting this to to go on. I always get the short end of the stick. (laughs) Right? But Is that not a declaration of continuance? Is that not saying that what has always been will always be? Well, that's just the way that it's been. I don't want to lie about it. <laughs> well, say, I have gotten the short end of the stick. That does, that's not a declaration of continuance. That means I have in the past, but it's not going to be anymore. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's going to stop now. <laughs> but it's so easy for us to make these declarations of continuance because certainly heathen all around us are doing so. And it's just, you know, just to fit in. And if we don't, then we kind of stand out amongst them. We kind of stand out, well, I'm not doing the same thing that they are. And it draws attention to us. Well, so what? The world constantly curses, says things against God, against His Word. We stick out like sore thumbs when we stand up and do something different. Well, we need to continue to do that. We went over some of the other phrases of continuance we say. That always happens to me. You never listen to me. I will have blank until I die. (laughs) Well, we've got to listen to the things that we say. Because as we've had declarations of continuance, declarations of change, what we didn't get into last time, as we uh, ran out of time, was declarations of direction. That we are declaring some things that are the direction of our life. Now, we got into all this part because we're looking at belief. How, what is the difference between heart belief and head belief? What is the difference there? We saw that the expectation was a, a big difference. That for, it's easy to expect bad things to happen, but to expect that good things will go on for us takes some doing. So, we had expectation identification. Five things that will tell you whether you have the right expectation or not. First off, anticipation. Belief. I believe the thing will happen. You have to have the right kind of expectation that you believe that what you anticipate will actually happen. The confession. Talking about it to the people that are around us. Declaration. I make declarative statements about the thing. This will come about. This will happen. I will have. And then desire. It needs to be something you desire. There's a lot of things that we meet the four, first four of these things, but we don't want it. But we just expect, well, it's going to happen anyway. It's going to happen anyway, so... Well, don't, don't give in to that. James chapter 3. That's what we didn't get into last time. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. So he starts off and says, don't all of you, ex- don't all of you go out and be teachers. Why? Because teachers use words. And words have meaning. And so if we use those words... To help people understand the Word of God. Understand you will undercome a stricter judgment. Well, why in the world do it? Right? I mean, why in the world even get involved? Why should anyone ever want to become a teacher? You're just going to get a stricter judgment. Let's just stay out of the whole thing. Well, I guess there must be something on the blessing side that's worth the stricter judgment. So, you go ahead and you do it anyway. But it says, For we all stumble in many things. For we all stumble in many things. Things. How many of y'all know that's true? That's the easy part of the word to believe. Oh, I believe that one. Yeah, we all stumble on many things. Yeah, I stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. What is the, what is the way for you to become perfect? Get your tongue under control. Able also to bridle the whole body. If you can control your mouth, you can control your entire body. How many of you have some trouble with your body? A couple of you. Alright. If you have trouble with your body, what should you do? Control your tongue. Control your tongue. <laughs> now, just take a look about this. Now, we, we can think about body in the area of sin and the stuff that we do, but you can also think about body in the area of headaches. Yeah. Yeah. High blood pressure. Kidney disease. Liver problems. Stomach disorders. Muscle pain. Again, let's go on. Is that a problem with your body? What should you do? Control your tongue. Control your tongue. Why? That's it say that. Because when we have a problem with our body, what does our tongue do? Oh <laughs> we talk about the problem. Oh, I got another headache. I always get headaches. Oh, God. oh, I went to the doctor and he said I have high blood pressure. My blood pressure is always high.
1: <laughs>
0: I don't know what I'm going to do about my blood pressure. I could die from my high blood pressure. <laughs> Isn't that things to me say? The doctor came for the doctor and he said my kidneys are failing. And we go on and on and on. We talk about our body. We don't have our mouth under control and we're saying anything we want to. So look at what he says in verse 3. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. You want to turn a horse, how do you, how do you get his attention? Put a bit in his mouth. That's how you turn a horse. A horse is a big animal. Stronger than you are. Put a bit in his mouth, he'll do anything you want. You control the entire body of that horse because of a bit in its mouth. You got a picture? didn't get it there. He says, look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Got this big ship. Great winds that blow on the... Sails and send the ship in a certain direction, and the pilot just sits there at the wheel, turns the wheel, rudder this way, rudder that way, rudder this way. Now a horse responds a whole lot faster than a ship does, doesn't it? If you want a ship to turn, you got to start early. Mm -hmm. You can't just, oh, let's just turn around. You don't just turn around. You, it's, it's a whole process. To get that ship to turn around, it takes a little while to get that thing going around. You've got to start early. You've got to map it out how you're going to turn this thing out, around. But what he's trying to get you to understand is small things direct large things. Small things direct large things. you got a small bit, directs the entire horse. Right in its mouth. you got a small rudder, it directs the, the ship. So with this, what do you think he's trying to get across to us? It's the little things. Now, he's talking about the mouth. And he's talking about the direction of the ship, the direction of the horse. So, he is saying the direction of your life is ordered by your mouth. Get your mouth under control. You'll go in the right direction. Isn't that what he's saying? James is teaching this. Get your mouth under control. Our direction is set by our tongue. Our direction is set by our tongue. Now, you just look at this. How many times have you gotten up in the morning and didn't feel great and said with your mouth, I don't think I'll go into work today. What happened? You didn't go into work today, did you? (laughs) Isn't that what happened? How about if you're driving out somewhere and you look at your gas meter and your gas meter is on empty? So, what do you say? I think I'll stop for gas on my way to wherever you're going. Mm -hmm. And so then what happens? You stop for gas on the way to wherever you're going. But don't we generally speak those things, say those things? Or I need to leave a little early. I need to stop at the post office. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? You leave a little early so that you can stop at the post office. We set our direction. I need to go to the store For milk and eggs. Right? So what happens? I go to the store for milk and eggs. Now maybe I pick up some other things. But I went to the store and got the milk and the eggs. I set the direction. We set our direction all the time. What am I in the mood to eat for dinner tonight? Hmm. I think I'll have steak. I think I'll have a salad. I think maybe a sandwich. Anyway, don't we do that? We say it with our, in our mind. We sometimes say it out loud. But we're setting a direction. What we are going to do. What direction we are going to go. And once we said that, we usually follow it. We set a direction on things. But my own direction... I put that part in there. But my own by my own tongue... My own direction is set by my own tongue. Isn't that right? You could say all you want. Steve, stop at the store and pick up some milk and eggs. But I didn't set that direction, did I? Your mouth sets your direction. Not someone else's. It sets yours. So we set a direction. Now, we've got to make sure we don't set a conflicting direction with our mouth. Set a, a direction. How many have ever heard of oxymorons? I wrote down, I saw a list of some, and so I, I took out some of the ones we've heard more often, but um, wrote down some other ones. Hey, but act naturally. Isn't that kind of a saying, two different directions? Almost exactly. Alone together. Awful, good. Civil, war. <laughs> Clearly, misunderstood. Maybe you'll like this one. Diet, ice cream. Dodge, ram. Take you a little minute on that one. Won't you? Exact, estimate. We've heard this in the news. Friendly, fire. Genuine, Imitation. All you peanuts fans out there, good grief. Government organization. Hands off management.
1: Headbutt.
0: Jumbo shrimp. Oh, I like this one. Microsoft Works. Personal computer. Anybody know any computers that are personal? Plymouth Reliant. Random order. Ever one more? Small crowd. But we come up with that word oxymorons when we put two words together to form a phrase, but both words mean contrary things. Look at verse five. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Here's my question. Here's our oxymoron. Possible oxymoron. If he is telling us that no man can tame the tongue, then how is he telling us to control it? Anybody ever wonder about that? If if James is teaching us no man can tame the tongue, then why should we even try? And it's simple. We misunderstand the word tame. When we think of tame, how many have gone to the zoo and seen a tame lion? A tame tiger? Or different things. But we always use the word tame to something in which another person comes in to change its nature. The nature of a lion is just fine for the lion. But not when the human wants to interact with the lion. And so the human comes in and he tames the lion. They come in and they tame the the orcas. They come in and they they tame different ones. They change their wild nature and replace it with one that's friendly around man. One that's not bashful around man. One that doesn't want to eat man. (laughs) Right? That's what they do. Another one comes in and does it. What he is saying here is that no one... Can tame your tongue, but you can control it. No one can come in and tame your tongue. That means no one. That means no spiritual leader, no relative, not even the Holy Spirit can come in and tame your tongue, but you can control it. It's simply this reason it's your tongue. That's you. You can set your direction, but you cannot set someone else's. You cannot control their tongue. You might be able to stop them from saying certain things while you're around, but as soon as you leave, what happens? They go off and they say and they do and they... whatever. So can we tame our tongue? We can control our tongue. I cannot tame yours. But I can control mine. I can bring it under subjection to me because it is my tongue. Belongs to me. Even so, the, verse 5 again. The tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. Now, fire is not bad. It's not bad. Fire is good, right? Fire keeps us warm when it's cold. Fire cooks our food. We like that. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. This is the tongue out of control. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. We can go outside and tame all sorts of stuff, but I cannot go over and tame your tongue. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. Verse 9. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth pursued blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. So if he's saying that this ought not to be so, then obviously we can change this. His idea that, we can, uh, that certain things can't be tamed does not relate to us taking care of our tongue. Does the spring send forth fresh water? and bitter from the same opening doesn't if a spring were to give forth good water and bad water if you were had a well you know most people were on city water or you know water that's pumped in but if you had a well and that well sometimes gave good water and sometimes it gave water that made you sick what would you do well i just never can tell i mean some days you get sick from the water some days you we get well from the water you just take a shot see how it goes No, you would set out to either dig another well, get a water purifier in order to take care of the water, or hook up to the the city system. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't just let that go on. You would not stand it in your house if water that came in was sometimes good and sometimes bad. You wouldn't take it. You would change it. You would immediately set out to change it, wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. But how come we don't do that with our tongue? He says, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. These things ought not to be so. You can't. A, a, a spring should not be able to be giving fresh water and bitter water. If it does, it is considered unreliable. The spring gives fresh and bitter, how do you treat the spring? It's unreliable. I can't rely on the spring, so therefore we bypass and we go over to another one. We find another way for water. We'll use that water to water the lawn. We don't care if the lawn gets sick. <laughs> We'll waddle along with it. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. We'll put it to you this way. Can the same mouth speak faith and doubt? If it does, it's what? Unreliable. Unreliable. (laughs) Unreliable. You want out of your mouth to proceed words of Faith. Believing that what God said is going to come come about. With your mouth, you set words of direction. What is the direction that your mouth sets? It's going to be based upon what you expect. Because the things that you expect are the things that you talk about. If you like sports and you expect your sports team to win, you vocalize it. You talk about it. If you're at work, And you expect certain things to happen at work, you vocalize it, you talk about it. If you're in the neighborhood and you expect certain things to happen in the neighborhood, you talk about it. You say some things about it because you expect that it's going to happen. Verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Now, does he change topic here? Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have a bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. The reason that our words get us in trouble, folks, and he has not changed topic, the reason is because Our words are shaped by what we seek. Our words are shaped by what we seek. If I seek after self-things, self-seeking, then I'm going to have words that are self-seeking. If I have bitterness, I'm going to have words of bitterness. If I have envy, I'm going to have words that are envious. My words are going to be shaped by what I seek. If I seek after the Word of God, my words are going to be shaped after that. If I seek after faith and expectation that God has, my words are going to be shaped after that. If I seek after the world and what the world has, my words are going to be shaped after it. You don't have to go far to find out what people are seeking. You just got to listen for a little while. But if you have bitter, verse 14, bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. When we speak this way, we are lying against the truth of God's Word. We're speaking it. We believe it. Now, don't think that, well, then people ought to know it's a lie. It's against God's Word. No, we speak things all the time that are against God's Word. We just don't realize it. Some of the things we've already, already given to you. I just know I'll get the flu. Isn't that against the Word of God? Well, it's been a good week so far. I just know something bad's in the works. Well, I had two things bad happen this week, and you know things happen in threes. <laughs> so, what are we doing? I am calling for number three. Come on! Got one, I got two, I'm calling for number three. Where's number three? I'm looking for you, you're out there somewhere. Number three is gonna come and find me. (laughs) I'll change the course of this thing. Change it. Who says that things happen in threes? The world does. Does God ever say things happen in threes? So if blessings happen, you get one, two, three. If, If bad things happen, you'll get what? One, two, three. Here comes the third. If you go to the Word of God, you go to the book of Revelation, things don't happen in three, they happen in sevens. You got seven seals, followed by seven trumpets, followed by seven bowls. He does things in sevens. And it don't matter if you're looking for it or not. It's coming. But see, we'll have faith in that. Have we spoken that out in the past? And we're looking for that bad thing to come about? Oh, come on. Speak See the thing and call for the good thing. Father God, I thank You that You have blessed me in every situation. Amen. And I thank You that You have blessed the work of my hands. And right now it doesn't look like it. But You have blessed the work of my hands. And I'm calling for a change in what I'm doing at work here. It looks like it's falling apart. But it's not falling apart. You've given me wisdom. I don't speak out of envy and bitter bitterness. I speak out of the wisdom of God. And I have spoken out of the wisdom of God. And this thing is going to change. This thing is going to change. But you've got to speak it, don't you? Because we set the direction. Remember what we were talking about before? I think I need to leave early so I can stop by the post office. I need to go to the grocery store and pick up eggs and milk. I set my direction by the things that I say. When we have spoken things that are bitter, envious, self-seeking, we are setting our direction in bitterness, self-seeking, and envy. Don't do it. Now, don't get under guilt and condemnation. The devil may be working on some of you right now Said, say, Oh, you've done this. Look, you just did it last week. Yeah, but you know what? You can change direction. Amen. You can change direction. Thank God he didn't have turnpikes back then. Because, you know, you get on a turnpike, you can't change direction. You're going this way. But he did. He had a horse. You know what he can do with a horse? Change its direction. You know what you can do with a ship? Change its direction. You are not stuck going in a direction that is going. You can change it. You can change your direction. Maybe you have set your path on a bitterness area. Maybe you set it in a self-seeking area. Maybe you set it in a way of doubt and unbelief change it. I'm changing the direction. Why am I getting the things that I'm getting? Because I've set my direction in this way. See, this is why it's important for us to get a hold of head faith and heart faith. Because in head faith, I think I should get this, but I'm expecting the bad, and I'm speaking the bad, and i set my direction in the bad. And then I wonder, why am I getting the bad? You know, if you get on the roads... And you go south. Don't wonder why you're not in New York. You're going south. If you want to go to New York, you need to go north. Don't no matter necessarily which which road, because there's a whole lot of them to get you there. Isn't that always? is that good? Bethel <laughs> was talking about all the roads that were backed up, and I'll tell you what—they have had some backups this week. Oh my my, oh my, I came back from the shore on one day, and everything was backed up. <laughs> I listen to the radio. I'll turn KYW on too for that one minute when the traffic report yes. is on. Amen. I turn it on 30 seconds before, listen to the traffic report and turn it off. Yes. Only when I need it. <laughs> so I was listening to them and uh, Walt Whitman Bridge was backed up. Accident. Big accident. Everything's not, nothing's going anywhere. All right, we won't go to Walt Whitman. So I figured I'll divert up over here and I'll go over the Benjamin Franklin Bridge. Benjamin Franklin Bridge backed up by an accident. <laughs> Well, fortunately, I got on the, if you've ever been over the Ben Franklin Bridge, coming over 676, there's a right side and a left side. It kind of splits off. And I usually jump in the left side because the left side is the express side. The right side is the other side. And I don't need to get in that side. I get in the left side. And so I was in the left side, and I was moving pretty good, but the right side wasn't moving well, real well at all. The right side was stuck. And I got to the end where they kind of come back together, and I saw why. There was, they blocked the whole thing off. No one was getting by. But we were okay on the left side. We got on by. <laughs> so we got on by on there. And so we're coming on over. And they said, well, you know, the, the Vine Street Expressway is backed up. Well, that's where you get on to next. And you you know, take that over to the school, school. And the school, school is backed up. It's an hour and a half to get from Philadelphia over to the Blue Room. I'm not going that way. So, you know, I get picked up my phone. And I spoke into my phone. And I said, I want to go to the Kelly Drive. And my phone told me how to get to the Kelly Drive from there. So I got on the Kelly Drive and they said the Kelly Drive was backed up too, but it wasn't backed up as much as the other ones were. And sure enough, I hit a little spot that was backed up on the Kelly Drive, got through that back up, got on the Lincoln Drive and headed on home. I was moving most of the time. I wasn't standing still in the Scoopful Expressway, so that was good. It did take longer to get on home, <laughs> but it wasn't as bad as it might have been. As long as we're moving, it just seems to be better. We set our direction. Thank God we can change our direction. We don't have to just go in this way. When I hear that there's a backup, when I hear that there's a problem, I can change my direction. Change my direction. Now, how many of you have ever listened to a traffic report? And how many have ever listened to it and it makes absolutely no, no sense, sense to you at all? I mean, you hear them reading off stuff like the Blue Route southbound is this way, the Blue Route northbound is this way, and above this it's this way, and over here by Gerard Avenue on the on the um, Cool. it's slow going westbound, and over by Spring Garden coming eastbound, mm-hmm. and, and they'll read all these things off and you, and you, you can just your head can spin, and say, where are you? I don't know where that is. Amen. And if you don't know where that is, you don't know how to avoid it. How do you avoid a, a backup at Spring Garden? What do you do with all that? How do you how do you figure that out? So the more that you know about the road. Then the more the report means to you. Mm-hmm. Now I have been up and down the school Because you all know my favorite road in the city is the school cool express but absolutely my favorite road. It is the most the, the nicest road, the best road, it is the most decorative road, it is the greatest road in the city. Now see, I get on the Schuylkill all the time, and I don't have problems. If you wonder why you have problems with the Schuylkill, it's because we don't speak to it right. You are not speaking to the Schuylkill right. I always say out of my mouth, the Schuylkill is the best road in Philadelphia, and I zip up and down it. (laughs) I do. I zip up and down it. I go this way. I go that way. I am on the Schuylkill all the time. And I don't have trouble on the Schuylkill because I don't expect trouble on the Schuylkill. I love the Schuylkill Expressway. So you see, you all got to change the way you're talking. So I've been up and down. And when they say these things, when they talk about Spring Garden, when they talk about City Line, when they talk about I know exactly where it is on the route. And if they say there's a backup at City Line, I know I can get on Lincoln and get on beyond it. Because I know how the road is laid out. I know exactly how it's laid out. I know every single turn on it. And so when they speak something to me, I can turn it into wisdom and apply it and move my direction. So what you need to know is where is my life going? What does the Word have to say about it? What kind of power do my words have over my life? So when I get wisdom from the Word, just like tuning in to KYW and getting the chopper over top, telling you what's backed up and what's not. The Word of God is just like that. And it is giving you wisdom. It is giving you direction. It is telling you, this is where the problem is. Watch out. Avoid it. Get around. And I take the wisdom from the Word as wisdom for my life, and I sidestep the problems. I don't speak doubt and unbelief. I don't speak failure and defeat because I have the wisdom that comes from the Word. So look again at verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? In order for the KYW traffic report to make sense, you have to know the roads. There's no good to hear the traffic report and not know the roads. In the same way, you've got to know the Word of God. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, when life shows you something that's coming up, you've got to know the Word of God. The Word of God then becomes wisdom, if you know it. You don't know what someone taught about it. You don't know something some crazy person is is doing with the Word of God. You know what the Word of God says. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. The wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. If we allow envy and self-seeking into our life, there will be confusion and a few evil things. Every evil thing. Every evil thing. Evil thing. So, if the devil wants to bring evil things into your life, what's he got to do? Get you into envy and self-seeking. That's all he's got to do. If he can get you into envy and self-seeking, he can bring evil things into your life. And confusion. You've given him the right to do that. But the wisdom of God comes along and it begins to show you that's envy. Stay out of that. That's bitterness. That's self-seeking. Get out of that. You're not here to seek after yourself. Seek after the good of others. Seek after the good that God wants to to get done. That's the wisdom from above. That's wisdom from God. For where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. How many times have we said, I am always confused? It seems like always bad things happen to me. I am making a direction, a confession in my life, that may have no grounds. There may be no envy and no self-seeking in my life, but I'm putting myself into this area. Why would I do that? There's no reason to do it. I'm stayed out of envy and self-seeking. You ought to say, you ought to flip this verse around. You know what? There is no envy in my life. I am not envious of what other people have. I am not self-seeking. And so because of that, there is no confusion in my life. Evil things have no place here. Because there is no envy. And, and let the devil know, devil, you can't bring that on me. You cannot bring that on me. There's no envy in my life and there's no self-seeking in my life. Therefore, confusion and every evil thing are not here. <laughs> they are not here. But the wisdom that is, from, that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield Full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. That's a mouthful right there. If you want to know what the wisdom that is from above is, it is first of all pure. It's clean. There's not going to be any bitterness, envy, or self seeking. It's pure, it's peaceable. The wisdom that comes from God brings peace, it's gentle does not force itself upon... How many have ever been around people, Christian people, who tried to force things upon you? It's not the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is gentle. Willing to yield. Willing to yield. The problem with a whole lot of Christians is we don't, we don't want to yield to things. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm all-powerful. I can do all things through God. Who strengthens me? I, I can, I can, I can. <laughs> we got all this I stuff. That's not uh, very good. There needs to be a willingness to yield. A willingness to yield. I heard uh, a brother telling a story. One time they were in uh, Brother Hagin's kitchen. And I think, it was, uh, I think it was Keith. His wife was in there in the kitchen with Brother Hagin. And they were um, preparing a meal. And they were cutting tomatoes. How many of you have ever cut tomatoes? Hey, you all know how. That. They're cutting tomatoes. And so she was cutting tomatoes the way she cut tomatoes. And Brother Hagen came up to her and says, Oh, no, that's not how you cut tomatoes. And he took the knife from her and showed her how to cut it and gave it back. And so you know what she did? She cut the tomato the way he wanted because they were in his house. The wisdom from God is willing to yield. You don't insist on your own way all the time. If you're in someone else's house, Cut the tomatoes the way they want to. It's their tomato. If you're in your house, cut the tomato the way you want to. I just like that story. That was a good story. You know, there's sometimes we just need to yield. The wisdom from God is willing to yield. Don't be telling me you're walking in the wisdom of God and being stubborn about your way. Going over to somebody else's house and pushing your thing. No, 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 we can't do that. We have to do it this way. You're in their house. Yield. We've got to learn to yield in a lot more situations. This is the wisdom of God. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy. If you've ever had a brother or sister come around to you, talk to you about the wisdom of God, and there was no mercy in them, guess what? Probably not the wisdom of God. Because the wisdom of God is what? Full of mercy. Full of mercy. If you are operating in something that you learned about God and it causes you to have no mercy, guess what? It's not part of God. Because God is full of mercy. Full of mercy. And good fruits. Good fruits. Have you ever eaten bad fruits? you ever got a fruit home, cut it up, and it was bad? What do you want to do with that? Throw it away. I mean, no, you don't want to eat it. Ew. <laughs> you don't want to eat it, but the wisdom that's from a God is full of good fruits. These are things you want to eat. Oh, they're good fruits. Good fruits. You know, where do the best oranges come from? Florida is one place known for for oranges. You want oranges, you know, get them from Florida. Good place for oranges. I hear uh, almonds and things like that. I think California is one of the better places for for that. That's my sister was telling me. They have almond things all over. Blueberries, you know where you go for those? New Jersey. Absolutely. New Jersey is where you go for that. They have the best soil for growing blueberries. You want good blueberries, go over to New Jersey, get their blueberries. And different places have different things. And, you know, where do do good potatoes come from? (laughs) See, we've we've associated places with all these things because they had the the best... You know, when I worked for counselors, they had, uh, and with good reason, they said the best horseradish roots came from Canada. That Canada had the the best mix of the right temperature and the right type of soil, and that was the best place to get the, the horseradish. And so they got all their horseradish from one distributor in Canada. And every bit of Kelsen's horseradish was Canadian horseradish. Until one year. And Canada had a problem. And they were not yielding as much horseradish. And even though they got all of the horseradish from them, they were not as big a customer as some other people were. And so they decided to take care of some of the other customers more than them and they were stuck where do we get horse fetish from and so they had to go out and find a couple of other places and they got some other stuff and they mixed the Canadian in with the other and they, they, they were pretty happy with it but not as happy as they were before and so from that point on they said we will not get all of our roots from one source we will have different, different sources but at every place is just known for, for different things that they're, they're good there God has good fruits that come from His wisdom. It's full of mercy. It is willing to yield. If you've got a person who comes up and they have the wisdom of God and they talk about something and you say, I don't think I can go that way. Generally, a person who's operating in the wisdom of God says, well, then you go do it the way you want to. And that's it. And just let them go. Jesus doesn't slap anybody upside the head. You will believe. You will bring the sin. <laughs> he doesn't do that. There has to be a willingness to yield. Me yielding doesn't mean that I'm doing what they, uh, maybe if they're sinning, doesn't mean that me yielding to, that, to, to their will in this situation doesn't mean that I'm sinning. He says, hey, if you want to do it your own way, go ahead. The wisdom of God is peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. It's the same for everyone. It's the same for everyone. This is one of the troubles I have with some political people. The political people who get up and they get up in front of the folks in this state and they're one way. And the people in this state and they're another way. They get in front of the women's groups and they're this way. They get in front of whatever other group and then they're this way. They change by the type of group they're in front of. You know what? It shouldn't change at all. Because the things that are good for this country are good for women. The things that are good for this country are good for minorities and majorities. The things that are good for this country are good for all. If it's not good for the country, it's probably not good for anyone. But if you do something to benefit one small group, it doesn't help the whole. It hurts it. And we get into this idea and we've got political people up there Said, say, well, we have to give you know, the people that are on welfare, we have to speak this way to them. The people that are on food stamps, we have to speak this way to them. The people who get subsidies for ethanol, we've got to speak this way to them. No. Oh, what's truth? What's right? Speak it. What's your belief? Say it. That's what we need to do. And that's what the wisdom of God is. It's, not within, it's without hypocrisy. It's not one way in front of one group and another way in front of another. The Word of God is the same. No matter where people come from, no matter what their age, no matter they're born male or female, it don't make any difference. Rich or poor, Gentile or Jew, makes no difference. The Word of God is without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So, he, he says all this. This chapter is dedicated to our words because our words set our direction. We can have words that are a declaration to call for a change. We can have words that call for a continuance and we can have words that call for a direction. What are your words saying about your direction? Well, I'm going to graduate from college, but I don't know what I'm going to do after that. Well, don't wonder why you still don't know when you graduate. Right? Well, I'm working at this job, but I don't know what I'm going to do. Don't wonder why. No. When I need to know, I'm going to graduate and I'm going to go work and I'm going to go do this and you speak the direction that you're going to have. Well, I don't know that that's true. (laughs) Ah, we, We need to call for... Remember we were talking about this before? Calling for those things that are not here. When your children are not in the room, what do you do? You call for them. When the dog is not in the yard, you call for it. When the temperature in the house is not what you want, you go to the thermostat and you... Call for it. If you go to the store and they don't have what you want, you find someone and you say, do you have this? Can you get it? Is it in the back? You call for it. You don't just walk on into the the thing. You're looking for milk. You're over there in the flower section. Well, I don't see any milk here. I guess they probably don't have any. Why don't we just go? No, what do you do? If you can't find it, ask somebody. You put a call out. I need milk. I need eggs. Whatever it is that you need, you call for the thing and you you get it. If you don't call for it, what do you have? You got nothing. You got to call for the thing. You got to call for it. What is it that you need? Call for it. Speak changes to things. Speak changes. Changes to situations in your life that are not right. Call for a change. Set your direction. Listen to your words. What is the direction that your words are setting right now? Well, you know, this economy is so bad. Things are just getting worse and worse. What's my direction? Worse and worse. Worse and worse. I saw somebody put out a report. You know, a lot of these big wheels over in Congress... They've been in Congress for a long time. I can tell you some of their names. Their income during this recession has grown considerably. I heard one specifically, Nancy Pelosi. 60% of her portfolio has grown. Are they making decisions to benefit other people or making decisions to benefit themselves? I say, don't get all jealous because, well, they shouldn't grow. No, no, no. That's the wrong attitude. That's getting into envy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But when you have people who get up and they speak about how bad things are and how bad they're going to continue and they're doing great and doing even better, <laughs> then you know what? That's a little bit of hypocrisy. No, we don't need to be doing this. What is your direction? I don't care which way the economy is going. I don't care which way, how many people your, your business is firing. I don't care how many people are not being hired. What's your direction? Father God, I thank You that I am desired... By other people. That other people desire to have me work for them. That they'll bypass other people to get to me. To hire me. Because I'm good. And wherever I go, the work in my hands are blessed. And that place is blessed because I'm there. You see, if I really believe that, and don't just say it, it changes the way I am in the interview. It changes the way that I am on the job. But if I just say it and don't believe it, then it doesn't change my action. The Word of God said way back in the beginning when we first started this, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. and Do not doubt in your heart, but believes that those things you say will come to pass. You will have whatever you say. You've got to do everything that's in that verse. You can't just pick and choose a few things. You've got to set your direction. The woman with the issue of blood. What direction did she set? If I just touch the hem of his garment, I know, I know, I shall be healed. When Jesus was in front of Lazarus' tomb, what direction did he set? Lazarus, come forth. When he went to the tomb, and he, he said, take the stone away, what did the, the people say?
1: Jesus.
0: Oh, he's going to smell. He's dead. He's been dead for four days. He's going to stink. They are talking about how things are and how they expect because of how they've always been. Dead people after four days stink. But Jesus isn't looking to that, he's looking to something else. So he gets in front of the tomb, roll the stone away. Lazarus, come forth. And what happened? He called for a change. So what do you what do we need to start doing? We need to start speaking to some things. We need to start speaking to the things that are going on. Remember, our body is in mind here. We gotta get our body under control. We've got to get our body in line. Speak to your body. Speak to your body. Don't let that don't don't let that thing go on. Because how many of y'all know, especially as you start to get older? You get a certain ache and pain and you can be, well, that's just because you're getting old. Oh, dear. And we just accept, well, yeah, I guess I'm getting old. <sighs> no, don't do it. Don't do it. Speak to what you want to change. Don't speak about how things are. Speak about how you want things to be. Too often we are speaking about how things are. We don't like how things are, but speak how you want things to be. Father God, I thank you that the job market is wide open for me. I thank you that I'll have my pickup places, or that's the place I want to work. I thank you, Father God, that I have a job there. Well, we can speak to all kinds of things. We can speak to, I put a few things here in your outline. My destination, I can speak to my destination, where I'm going. I can speak to my path, how I'm getting there. I can speak about that. I can speak about my understanding. I thank you, Father God, that I understand all things. That I need, anything I need to understand, I can understand it. Whatever I need to know at work, I understand it. Whatever I need to know at home, I understand it. I thank you that I can do it. Or even my well-being. Speak to your well-being. Jesus spoke to a fever. You can speak to your blood pressure, can't you? How many times have we gone around and said, well, my high blood pressure, well, my diabetes, well, my headaches, well, my indigestion, well, my stomach disorders, well, my, whatever it is, and we, and it's mine, I got it. Quit it. Speak to that thing. Kidney, you won't function the way you're supposed to. Right now, in Jesus' name, you will function the way you're supposed to. Heart, you're going to function the way you need to. Blood pressure, you come down to where you're supposed to be at. You be normal. Speak to these things. But it's not. It's not normal. It it don't matter what it is. (laughs) Speak to it to change it. You don't move your thermostat up as the temperature gets hotter. You expect the thermostat to change the temperature inside from how it is outside. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. What is he speaking? Direction. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern to sleep on a pillow... And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? What should we do here? Speak to the direction. Let us cross over to the other side. Too often Jesus has said things like this to us. Let us go and do this. And right in the middle we have a storm. Don't look like we're going to make it. So what do we say? Don't you care that we're perishing? What did Jesus say? Let us go over to the other side. Matthew 26. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings that He said to His disciples, You know that after two days is the Passover and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Is He not speaking to His direction? This is the path that I will be going. Two days is the Passover and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. This is what's going to happen. We speak to our direction. Well, I spoke to my direction. It hasn't changed yet. Well, remember the two examples he gave us. One was a horse. They respond immediately. One was a ship. they take a long time. There are some directions that may take a little time. There are some directions that change instantly. But you can change it. You can alter your direction. Jesus, when God came into the situation on the earth, there was no light. He said, let there be light. And there was... He changed the direction. He spoke a direction of it. Same thing with land, same thing with the the trees and all that other stuff. Remember last week we talked about this. The favor of God follows me. From Proverbs eleven twenty seven, He who earnestly seeks good finds favor, but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. You should expect the favor of God to follow you. Wherever it is that you go, the favor of God follows me. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked intentions, he will... Condemn. Another one, I will always be in good health. We can just walk around and say that. I will always be in good health. But you're not in good health. I will always be in good health. I am calling for a change. If you're not in good health now, you're calling for a change. If you are in good health, you're staying on that course of direction. I will always be in good health. Proverbs 4.21, Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Amen. We gave you others the word of God is mine to understand. The word of God says in Proverbs four five. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her, she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all your getting, get understanding. Psalms 119, 104, Though your precepts through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Well, let's take a look at some other things. And this, as we go into look at what we're looking at here this week, if our tongue sets our direction, if our tongue sets our direction, what direction are we setting? Listen to your words. Are we setting a direction for failure? Are we setting a direction for whatever it is that we do with our hands For it to fail. Or are we saying with our mouth. Whatever. My hand. Is put to. It will be successful. Because the word of God says it. Whatever I put my hand to. It will be successful. And do I expect it? Expect it. Speak it. Talk to it. Keep it going. Keep speaking. To the thing that you need. What is it that you need to change? What is it that you need to stay the same? How many of y'all know there's some things in your life you need to stay the same? I don't want that to change. You know? You're You're in a situation and your joints are in good shape. Father God, I thank you. My joints are in good shape. They stay in good shape. They're continuing to stay in good shape. You don't have any headaches? Father God, I thank you. My head is free from pain. Glory to God. You can, you can keep speaking to those things because what happens sometimes is the, the enemy comes in and he tries to sow these, these seeds of, of thought. Boy, an awful lot of people are getting diabetes. I wonder if that could happen to you. And sometimes we can grab hold of that thought. Boy, I wonder if that could happen to me. How would I know if that happens to me? I don't know if, I don't really know much about that. I mean, I don't know if that, that may happen to me. Maybe it already has happened and I haven't noticed it. And we start going over with all the stuff, and that's wrong. So what we'll do? We'll go to the internet. We'll look it up. Google diabetes, and I start looking over that stuff, figuring out if I got it or not. Is that the right course of action? No. Don't give room to the devil for that. Just speak, Father God. I thank you. My kidneys are working just like you gave them to me. They're good. They're strong. They're doing what they're supposed to do. I think my liver is doing what it's supposed to do. If thoughts come to you to try and sow these different directions in, don't let it. Don't let it. Have you ever had the thought that, well, I'm going out, and you've, how many times have you gotten in the car to go somewhere, and all of a sudden the thought comes in, you might have an accident. Oh, I might have an accident. Maybe I shouldn't go. Maybe I should stay home. Yeah. It's probably God telling me to stay home. Come on! (laughs) God tells you something. You'll know it. Don't let fear dictate that. Speak to it. Father God, I thank you that my direction is set by you, that angels are around me in that car when I'm driving. And if there's ever a place that I am not supposed to be, I thank you that you tell me. And I avert it. And I do not go that direction. You speak these things. Set your direction. Don't set your direction in the wrong way. Set it in the right direction. Set it in the right way. Something bad happens, don't let out of your mouth come. Well, here it goes again. Well, it was an awful good week. I knew something had to happen. No, don't let those kind of things come out of your mouth. You are setting the direction. Good weeks have bad things. Then that direction you set? don't do it. Set a direction. Good things have an awful lot of good things have come to you this week. You know a bad thing has to come now. No, don't. More good stuff has to come my way. I haven't had enough good stuff. The Word of God says that everything I put my hand to will be successful, that I'm blessed in all that I do. So, more good stuff is coming my way. Don't open the door up for that sort of stuff. Set your direction. Make declarations with your mouth. That will not happen. I will not go that way. I will know what I need to do. I will bless others. And as we're being challenged in the area of, of witnessing to people, speak to yourself on that matter. How many times have we said with our mouth, I don't know what to do to share Jesus with people. I think if I had ever had an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody, I just, I don't know how to say I, I wouldn't be able to help them. You set a direction. Don't set that direction. Father God, I, I share Jesus with people, but then none of them seem to want to come. None of them seem to want to turn their life around seems like anybody I talk to, they always turn me down. You're setting a direction. Stop setting that direction. Well, I've invited people out to church, but no one ever accepts. Stop setting a direction. Father God, I thank You that I will invite someone out to church this week and they're going to hear. They're going to listen. They're going to accept it. I thank You. I'm going to talk to someone about God this week and they're going to listen. They're going to hear. They're going to be excited to hear about the the things of God. Speak that sort of thing going on. Call for the change. Stop accepting things the way they are and change them. So what is it that you need to change? What is it that needs to change in your life? Now, I'll bet you can think of a few things and your, your first thought is, oh, I don't know that I can believe for that to change. you got something like that going on? Oh, I don't know. That's a little much. Oh, I don't know if I can believe for that to change. All right. well then start smaller. Because the Word of God says that if you speak to this mountain and do not doubt in your heart but believe that those things that you say will come to pass, you will have whatever you say. So you need to start on a level where you have faith for. And if you have something in your life that you want to change but you don't think you have the faith to believe for it yet, then just don't set the direction in a bad way. Just don't talk about it. Be like Jesus said to Jairus. Well, he got the bad news. Be like Jesus. Now, don't fear. Don't fear. Just hush. He shut him up. Sometimes we just need to just not, just don't talk about it. Just somebody says, How's that thing going? Just don't talk about it. I don't need to talk about that right now. No, I'm just wondering how, I don't need to talk about it. But I'm just, I don't need to talk about it. And you don't need to talk about it. Just don't say anything about it. If you aren't ready to say something and put it in a positive direction, just don't keep saying stuff that keeps it going in a negative direction. Be like luxurious. I'll just hush. I'll just walk. We'll just go to the house. <laughs> that's all we'll do. And sometimes that's all you, you need. It's that's, that's better than getting in there and say, well, you know, it's been this way and it's been that way. And it's, oh, it's so bad. And, oh, I don't know. No, don't do all that. Sometimes just hush. But put it to work in areas where you can believe. See the change and then you can start speaking to some of these others. And some of the bigger mountains that are in your life, you can take them down. If you're not ready yet, that's fine. You've got to line up with what the Word of God says. You say that this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. Do not doubt in your heart but believe that those things you say will come to pass. You will have whatever you say. Yeah. All right, Father God, I am not in a place Just yet. Just yet means I'm going to get there. I'm not in a place just yet to speak to that one. But I thank you for my faith building. Things that are going on in these other areas. And I'm going to be at the place. And I'm going to speak to that mountain. And it is going to move. It's fine to recognize where you are. Jesus doesn't turn you off for that. The man came up to Jesus and said, Lord, I believe. Help now my unbelief. Jesus didn't slap him on the side of the face and say, get out of here. He's not going to slap you either. What things can you believe to change? And change those. Because it's a whole lot better to have some success in some of these areas. And then move on to some of the others. Mm -hmm. Believe with your heart. Take those areas that you can speak the Word of God to and see a change. You'll see belief in your heart at work. And that belief in your heart will begin to carry over to some others. But if you keep on taking on problems that are bigger and more pressing... With belief in your head and don't see a change, you are reinforcing belief in your head and reinforcing failure. You don't need to do it. Have victory. Victory builds faith a lot faster. A whole lot faster. Go the way of building your faith up. Get into the Word of God. Get in, Listen to the Word of God. How many of you have places that you, you listen to the Word of God during the week? Oh, Get all the Word of God that you can Listen to it. Hear it. Let them know. I've been listening to your program. Tap it into your podcast or whatever it is, however it is you're getting the thing. And just let them know. Oh, we really appreciate having to, hearing the Word of God from you. Really appreciate it. Let them know. Oh, please let, let write them and let them know. We, you know, we, we have some places that we, we do. And we've had a uh, just a whole lot of time to be spending in the shop listening to stuff. We actually ran out of people to listen to. Ran out. Listened to everything I had. And uh, what else did you go to? You know, Grace Fellowship, That we went through all theirs, went through a few other churches, everything. Everything they had, we cleaned it all out. So we are out there, I'm finding stuff on YouTube we can listen to. And, uh, you know, Brother Fred Price had some stuff on YouTube, but they're five-minute sections, so you got to keep going over every five minutes and changing it. Good stuff, but you just keep going over every five minutes and, and, and changing it. Brother Creflo Dollar has about sometimes the same thing. Once in a while, we found one that was a little bit longer. And, uh, but, you know, usually they're in five-minute sections, and you've got to go keep going over and doing that. So I, I, we sat around out, and we said, All right, I know some uh, Raymond people. And so I looked up some of their, their church services and, and see if they had any, anything. Found a couple. One person used to fill in for Brother Hagin. I used to sit in the class, and Brother Hagin was away, and this person would come in and fill in for it. Got some of their messages off the Internet. We were listening to it. We got into it for a half hour, 40 minutes, and no word at all. Nothing. Never even cracked the Bible open. Just talked about the Word of God. And so I finally went over to, to my wife and says, uh, you getting anything out of this? And she says, no. I says, all right, we'll find something out. She wanted me to actually turn it sooner. She was, <laughs> was dumb as sooner as I was. But I, I kept oh, I know they're going to get into Word. Nothing didn't get into Word. So we went in into a, another person. Son of one of the professors that I had over at Ramah. And listened to him. No word. Nothing. Not a drop. Never opened the Bible at all. Now, I'm not saying that this is all everything they do, but you know at least the ones we found, <laughs> nothing. So he we went into another pastor. She knew somebody who had graduated from Rhema, and they went on out to this. So we listened to them, and we listened, and we listened, and we listened. And I'd never heard of the guy. I'd never heard the guy preach. She had uh, heard him a few times, spoke highly of him, and we listened, and we listened. No word. No, no word at all. Talked about it. And I think that was the one who got into the thing on the, on the plead the blood. Now, if you're here about, and you believe plead the blood, don't identify yourself. I don't believe that. I don't plead the blood over anything. And you know why? Because the Bible doesn't teach it. If you do it because it works, it's on you. I don't do it. The blood of Jesus Christ is for salvation and forgiveness of sins. It's His name and His body that's for a lot of these things people are pleading the blood over. But anyway, this guy, he was getting into this plead the blood thing. And he was talking about it. He said he even came on home and they were talk- he was talking to his mom. Because his mom used to plead the blood over everything. Mom, you know, that's not in the Scripture. Not in the Old Testament. Not in the New Testament. And uh, she said, well, it may not be, but it sure works. And so he started going off and teaching it because it worked. And, and I'll tell you what, if you misunderstand something... And it worked, get into what the Word of God says. Now, some people go back to the Egypt and they put the blood on. That was redemption. That was not healing. That was redemption. Yeah. And same thing that the New Testament teaches. The blood of Jesus Christ is for redemption, it's for the forgiveness of sins. It's for our access into heaven. That's why communion is broken up into two parts. The body and the name of Jesus are for, for other purposes. If you want somebody to teach you about plead the blood, you came to the wrong place. I will not teach you about it. I will not help you along that path. I will probably give you a hard time about it. So just don't tell me that you're doing it, and I won't. I'll leave you alone. <laughs> oh man! So we were, we turned that one off eventually, and we just ran out of of guys to go out there and find. We just we went after everything that we could, and just there was just no word on us. So we you know finally went back and and just re-listened to some of the old ones that we had, just to, because I just like the word. I even I heard it before. I just like the word. If you have people that you like, the word of God that they bring make sure you let them know. Because that just set me off. He says, you know what? I need to write brother so-and-so and this one over here and, and just drop them a note and let them know, oh, I'm appreciating, appreciating the Word that you're teaching. Oh, I just like the way that you get into the Word of God. I just like people who get into the Word of God. I don't even care if they teach me anything new. I just get into the Word of God. Get into the Word of God. If they have that, folks, let them know. Encourage them to keep on going. Would you all stand up with me? Glory to God. Father, we thank You for the Word that You give us, for the understanding that You give us. Father, we thank You for the gifts that You have put into the body of Christ to be teachers. As James said, don't all of you try and do it. Don't all of you get out there. But Father, I thank You for those who have answered the call and have become teachers and are teaching the Word of God. Or get into the Word of God and teach it. Not just about the Word, not principles, not just get into the Word of God. Here's what the Word of God says and just dig into it and let the Spirit of God reveal things. Oh, Father, we thank You for it. We thank You that blessings follow them in all that they do. I thank You that we can change the direction of our life. If we don't like the direction that we're on, we can change it and cause it to go in a good direction. If we don't like the direction our body is going, we can call for a change. If we don't like the direction that our mind is going. We don't understand this. We don't have wisdom for this. We can call for a change. We can expect that change. So, Father, I thank You that there are battles in our life, things that we need to change that we have faith to believe. We can grab hold of those. And as we do that and change those things, we'll see the heart faith that was involved. We'll learn how to discern the difference between being in heart faith and being in head faith for some of those things that are bigger and have been plaguing us for a little bit longer. Now, Father, even if we are not in a place to call for a change for some of those real nasty things in our life, I thank You that we are going to, from this day forward, stop reinforcing the negative. Stop reinforcing the bad way to go. We're not going to say out of our mouth, well, it's always going to be that way. Well, i never understand that. Well, bad thing is due to happen to me. We're not going to be talking that way anymore. We're going to change the way because our expectation is of good things. Every good and every perfect if mm. is from above. Yes, Father, we thank you for the things you have sent us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good. Call for changes. Look for changes. When the wrong thought comes in, stop it. <laughs> stop it with the Word of God and call for it. No, that's not going to happen. It's going to be this.